0: to South Oaks Church, I'm glad you guys are here, and we've got three more weeks of counting today of this series of Jesus giving his followers that message in Matthew 5 through 7, sometimes called the Sermon on the Mount, but, you know, it really probably wasn't a mountain, it was really probably just a big hill, so, <laughs> Sermon on the Big Hill, right? <laughs> uh, let's start with a group question. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about showing God's love. So, how would you describe God's love? Faith through faith. Tender. Caring and kind. Everlasting. Praise God for that one, right? Yeah. He cares for us. It's amazing. What were you going to say? And endless. Yeah, it doesn't stop. It's never-ending. That's right. It's holy. It's righteous. Uh, it's, It's probably like everything else about God. We probably cannot totally describe it because it's infinite, just like him. So we're going to turn to the passage in Matthew 7 today and we're going to look at what it means to show God's love to other people. So Matthew 7, starting at verse 1, we'll read the first six verses here, and then we'll stop for a moment and then read on later. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye, How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Well, it starts out with something really strong. Don't judge other people, uh, or you'll be judged. Uh, That sounds like a good idea, right? Not judge other people so we won't be judged, but it's actually kind of harder than we think. During the day, uh, there's several types of judgments we can make. Uh, We make judgments about things. We make judgments about people. And it's hard not to make judgments, like, For instance, I might judge the size of a parking spot and, like, can I actually fit my car in there? Or I might judge the actions of a person I don't know when I'm in an unfamiliar area, like, can I trust that person or are they safe? Or I might judge the look of an outfit on me when I'm at the store buying some clothes, right, before I buy it. I want to know, does this actually fit me right? Okay, well, this, the judging I've been talking about, is not the kind of judging that Jesus is talking about here. He's saying don't judge other people, and that Greek word for judge means to make a judgment as bringing to trial, to make a determination of innocence or guilt. It means that we are deciding, is that person right with God? Is that person going to heaven or hell? We're judging their spiritual fitness and their relationship with God. And this is what he's saying. Don't be doing that. Romans 14.4 says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servant, stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. So what he's saying here is, that person is the servant of God. And you can't judge them as to where they are at. Um, he's saying if you're measuring out judgment meaning we're condemning, okay, it's a negative thing here, then you'll get that same thing back on you, that same measure back. Uh, That's kind of like someone who has a win-lose mentality. If you think the only way to get ahead to win is to say someone else is losing and you're belittling them, devaluing them, or talking them down, that same process then gets used against you. And that evil behavior will be turned back on your head. Psalm 716 says, the trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own head. And we've read about this in our morning prayer time. We go through the Psalms and pray through them. And there's been several times it's talked about that, that the evil that these people are meted out, that God's going to turn it back on them. When we're critical and judgmental with others, when we're looking for their flaws and their weak points, uh, how many know you can actually really find those? I mean, like, everybody's got them, right? (laughs) So, yeah, that's not hard to do. But then we put ourselves in a spot where that kind of stuff will be put back on us. Jesus compares that judgmental attitude then to, to looking for a speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, a splinter or a little chip of wood. So how easy would that be to spot if I had a little splinter in my eye? How easy would that be to spot? Might be kind of hard, yeah. Hard to see, yeah. Exactly, you'd have to be really, really looking for it, really looking close to see, yeah. And yet he says there's this beam or whatever, uh, a beam's a joist, that word beam means like a joist on which a house rests. So this is a big thing. He's saying you're looking at that little picky thing in your brother's eye and you got this big problem in your own. A huge log. So what does this comparison of those two things tell you? Yeah? You sore? Yeah. Yeah. Worse for the person looking with the beam, yeah. well in, in this in this part, they aren't anyway, yeah i I think it it shows you that both people probably have the same issue. it's both of them are wood, right that it's a speck of wood or a beam both ha- are dealing with the same issue, but it's a matter of perspective, right, like if I have a chip in my eye, it's gonna look really big in my eye to me, right, compared to that little thing over there, so uh what he's saying is you know. When we're looking at somebody else, we're thinking, oh, that's so awful. They have that speck in their eye. But Jesus is saying, but yet you're dealing with the same kind of stuff. And it might be worse. It might be worse for us than for the one we're looking at. And here's the other thing. Things that bother us about other people are usually things we deal with ourselves. So that's why it annoys you so much when somebody does that, because you yourself struggle with that same thing. So what we want to do here is we want to focus on our own struggles first and, you know, ask God to judge our hearts. Ask God to show us what we need to change in us. And, and then when we go see somebody else, let's show the love of God to them and not be judgmental. And he says, you know what, don't give to dogs what's holy or sacred. Don't throw pearls to pigs. So neither of these two people would know what was given, right? The dogs aren't going to know if something's holy or sacred. The pigs aren't going to know it's pearls. Um, what Jesus is saying is don't treat the sacred as ordinary so that you're giving it away to people who don't even want it. Uh, Leviticus 10, 1 and 3, Aaron's sons here are ministering. They're, they're priests. They're ministering at the temple, and it says... Aaron's son Nadab and Abai, who took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. They offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. In the sight of all people, I will be honored. This kind of relates here because it's saying that we got to approach God how he wants us to through the blood of Jesus Christ, through salvation in him. And we need to treat God and the things of God as holy, as sacred. We need to be in awe of God. And we need to treat that message of the cross as something sacred, as holy. And it's not to be treated as ordinary or common. Uh, God's word, God's will, and his kingdom are priceless. Later on in the book of Matthew, in Matthew thirteen forty-four to forty-five to forty-six, it says, "And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it." So what Jesus is saying here is, don't treat the kingdom of God lightly as something to be added in to all the other stuff in your life. It's just one of the many things you have. He's saying, no, it's a great treasure. It's more valuable than everything you have. Okay, so he's saying, you know, with the love of God here, we want to make sure we're not judging. We want to make sure that we're treating the love of God and his kingdom as something sacred. And then the next few verses in my Bible say, ask and knock. So let's read on, Matthew 7, 7 to 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus is going on and further describing the kingdom of God here and how to access it. He's saying, first thing, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. So if you're asking for salvation, you'll receive it because it's for everybody. You just need to ask. And then he's saying, if you seek God and his kingdom, you will find him. And when you knock on the door of the will of God, it will be open to you. All three of these are for everyone, not just a select few. Everyone who asks, who seeks, and knocks. We don't have to earn it, which is such a wonderful thing. We can just ask, seek, and knock. We don't have to. He's not saying, and if you do this and this and this, then. No, he's just saying, just ask, just seek, just knock. Jesus said he places doors before us. We can come to him as our Lord and Savior. And these are the ways in which we should go, his will for us. In Revelation 3, 7 through 8, this is where uh, Jesus is speaking messages for the churches. And it says, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. And Jesus is speaking this. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. So I would say what Jesus is talking about here is kind of an open and shut case, wouldn't you? When we follow Jesus and desire to do his will, he makes it clear when we ask, when we seek, and when we knock, Isaiah thirty twenty one says when you turn to the right or left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it so this is God saying that as you're walking away on the road of life as you're doing life and you ask him that you're gonna hear him speak to you saying this is the way this is the way you should go walk in it so when you're wondering about a job or a place to live or people to be friends with I mean just ask God, and he's saying, there'll be this voice that will tell you this is the right thing. This is the right way. Isaiah forty-eight seventeen says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. So as we're reading the word of God daily, as we're reading the Bible each day, which we need to because just like with Physical muscles, if we don't use them, what happens if we don't use our physical muscles? You lose them. They start to atrophy. So we want to be working out each day on our physical muscles, but also we have faith muscles inside of us, in our spirits, that need to be exercised as well. We need to daily be reading the Word of God. And then he will teach us what's best for us through the Bible through our time spent with him praying and in his presence. And he will then direct us in the way we should go. The next three verses there, verses 9 through 11, show us how much God cares for us when we ask. It talks about when asking for good gifts and fathers giving good gifts. And it says when we ask for God's good gifts, he'll give them to us. So what is that? What are God's good gifts? Salvation. Salvation. Love, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, protection and provision, ministry, yeah, we could keep going, right, there's a lot, patience, yeah, a lot of that, yeah, now, now that, that's one that's hard, but yes, that's a good gift from him, if we have patience, It's because God is helping us with that. That is so true. Um, Also, deliverance from the attacks of the devil. You know, when, when it's not part of God's will, and we pray for protection from that, yeah. Jesus compares the willingness of earthly fathers to give good things to their children. And he's saying, you don't substitute something bad or something that's lacking. If you're asking for bread, you don't give them a stone. Now, that would be kind of hard, right? I mean, you couldn't do anything with that. That would not uh, sustain you. That wouldn't fill your hunger. He's saying, just like the fathers want to give good things to their children, so your heavenly Father wants to give good things to you. uh, When you have a need, no matter what kind, I mean, we could go on and on, but spiritual, physical, financial, whatever it is, whatever your need is, we can have faith in our heavenly father to provide that for us like uh, we had uh, a few weeks ago matthew 6 33 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well what that says is when we're following jesus christ when we're you know the ask seek knock when we're doing that when we're seeking god when we're seeking his will it he says all the other stuff gets added to you everything you need will give added to you so Uh, We don't need to worry. We can know by what it says in the Bible that God will provide. I think we're good. And my God, it says in Philippians 4.19, will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, how many needs does that say he's going to meet of ours? Is there anything that's not in that? Do you have a need that God can't meet? No, it says he'll meet all our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And this verse has another, the, these verses here in verse 12, it has another one of our sayings. Remember how we said that there's a lot of sayings from this that we haven't, you know, that we use. And this one is from the Bible. It says, do to others what they, you would have them do to you. What do we call that? A <laughs> <The> golden rule. <laughs> Yeah, did you know that was actually from the Bible? Okay, good. Because uh, that's a good thing to know. We need to treat others the way we wish to be treated, right? With love, patience, patience, there we are, compassion, and gentleness. We need to use all of that, the love of God, to uh, treat others. And this comes after the verses about being a good father, Um and to be godly and righteous, we need to show God's love to other people. Jesus said at the end of that that this sums up all the law and the prophets. If you take all that's in the law and all that the prophets have said and came up with one statement that could sum up everything because what that is about is our relationship with God. And he's saying, if you could sum it all up in one statement, it's that we should love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, and might and love our neighbors as ourselves. Galatians 5, 13, and 14 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he's saying, you know, all that stuff about don't murder and don't steal and don't do all that negative stuff, don't, don't uh, desire something else someone has, he's saying it can all be summed up in one thing to love your neighbor as yourself. When we're loving God and following him and we're loving other people as much as we love our own selves, all the other stuff's going to take care of itself because our desire is to love others the way God loves us. That term love, you can't love God if you don't love your neighbor is what he's saying. He's saying, you know, you say you love God, but you're not showing love over here. Uh, probably a problem over here with, do you really love God? Because if you really did, if you really wanted to serve him, if you are doing that ask, seek, and knock about his will and your relationship with God, that means that over here, how I'm treating other people, I'm going to be showing God's love to them. I can't do one without the other, right? It's You know, if I really love God, i got to love other people. And if I love other people, it means that I had to love God first. So that term love, we use it kind of loosely in, in our society today. In English, we have the one word love, right? That's all we got. But actually, I thought there were three words in Greek for love, and there's actually eight. It applies for different types of situations. And, and the three that you're probably most familiar with hearing about are phileo. You know, like Philadelphia, phileo means brotherly love, or that's like loving your neighbor. It's that kind of, and like I spend time, or I get together with uh, Heidi, say, and we get to be really super good friends, and so then that's the love that I have for her, is that phileo love. It's not like the love I have for my husband. It's a different kind of love. So that's the friendship or brotherly love. Eros is the romantic, passionate love, as with a husband and wife. And then the third one is agapeo, which is God's selfless love. That's the love of God that's in us that we can show to everybody. We can show God's love that he channels into us when we know him, and it goes through us out to everyone else. The word in the command to love each other as ourselves is that agapeo, God's love. That I love other people like myself, that's God's love. And we show that love when we treat others well, when we treat them the way that we ourselves want to be treated. It's based on God's love for us, and we didn't have to earn it. It was offered to us just to receive it. And so we want to offer it to other people too, that they don't have to earn that love of God through us to them. They can just receive it from us. Okay, so summing all this up, how do we show God's love to other people? Well, the first thing we have to do, as we've been talking about, is we have to actually ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior and submit our lives to him because the things that Jesus asks us to do are only possible when we surrender our lives to him, when we have that power of the Holy Spirit within us enabling us to do the things, enabling us to have patience, enabling us to show love. The second thing we want to do is seek God's will. Jesus said, if you seek, you'll find. So that means if I'm seeking to know what is God's will for my life, as I pray about it, as I read the word, I'm going to find out what that is. When there's that open door before me and I'm saying, do I walk through this? Is this the thing for me? When, I have, when I'm praying and I'm asking God, that peace of God is going to be in me when it is the right choice. We might not know everything straight up, right? When you are praying about something and it's a big thing, you might not know every detail. But as you follow him, as you do his will, more and more will be revealed as you go. God reveals the part that we need for today and continues to show us more as we follow him. So we want to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We want to seek God's will. And then third, we want to show the love of God to others. Um, It shows that we love God. The love of God in us gives us the ability and the love within us to pour out on others too. Our family, our friends, and I know this is going to be tough, but even people at work. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be hard because there are some people it's <laughs> a little more difficult and we really need to pray a lot more about those, right? But we can do it because God said to do it, he will empower us and enable us to show that love of God. It doesn't it doesn't mean that we just let them stomp all over us, right? But it means that as we interact with them, we treat them with respect, with gentleness and compassion. We don't respond in a judgmental or critical way, even if they're doing that to us. That's when it gets hard, and that's when we really need to call on the name of the Lord to help us. When we're totally surrendered to God, when Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and God's love can flow through us to others, we won't be critical of others. We'll seek all God has for us, and we'll treat others the way He intended us to treat them. Let's stand as we close. Just ask that as you're standing that you just bow your heads. Just take this time to let God talk to you. If you've become aware today that you might be living with that win-lose mentality where someone has to lose for you to win, and maybe you've been critical or judgmental or selfish, Let's take all that to the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ because that is a tool of the devil in your life. So if you want to repent of that and surrender your life to Jesus Christ and ask him to remove that out of you, just raise your hand. Thank you. If you want to commit to show the love of Jesus to those around you, no matter who they are or how they treat you, you want to be loving your neighbor as yourself, just raise your hand. Thank you. Lord God, we just thank you that when Jesus spoke, he he didn't like pat it with good stuff and make it sound all easy and sweet. He spoke the truth. (laughs) He just took stuff before people and helped them understand what they needed to do to follow Jesus Christ and to do the things that he'd call them to do. Lord God, some of this sounds really hard. Some of it sounds really difficult. When we think about what it means to to not be judgmental, to not be critical, those things are so easy to do sometimes, um, to be critical and judgmental. Lord, we just ask that you give us your strength, your wisdom, your power, your love to be able to show the love of God to other people. Lord God, we want to be the kind of people that when they look at us, they see Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to be reflecting your love and your grace, your gentleness, your compassion, your patience. Lord, give us what we need to be able to walk through life and do your will. Lord, as we have asked you to be our Lord and Savior, as we are seeking to do your will, Lord, help the doors that we are supposed to walk through, help them to be open. And the doors we are not, Lord, help them to be shut. Father, we just pray for your will to be clear to us When there are decisions we need to make lord god give us your peace and show us the way we should walk just like those verses say that you will hear a voice within us saying this is the way walk in it lord we just claim that for ourselves today father we thank you that um as we live in this world there's so much hatred and so much violence and so much corruption but that's such a contrast to what you've called us to do to show your love to others father i pray that we would be kind of people that would be a light in a dark world, that you would use us to show the love of God to other people in a real way this week. We just thank you, Father, and fill us up, Lord God, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet with your power, your presence. Saturate us in the Holy Spirit. Give us the uh, things we need to meet any situation this week. Lord, as we read your word and as we pray each day, Lord God, that you would Give us uh, the things we're going to need for that day. Prepare us for the situations we're going to encounter so that when we encounter something that's difficult, Lord, we can just relax and trust you and ask you for help and get through it. We just thank you, Father, for all you're going to do through us in Jesus' name. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or concede, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen.